Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I love your podcast. This is gold. This is where it's at. What is up, podcast fam? Coming at you live this Monday morning. Hope everyone had a great weekend despite everything going on. Obviously, we're living in crazy times. Corona, the protests, the looting, crazy times. I'm taking another shot at recording this episode because uh, I just recorded for the last 30 minutes or so and I realized I wasn't connected to the Wi-Fi. So uh, let's give it another shot. This is a special episode today. Yesterday, June 7th, marks the sixth death year anniversary of my dad, six years since he died. And I wanted to create a special episode to to discuss some reflections I'm having, some things I'm feeling, and share a little bit around gratitude. And um, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. So six years since my dad died, it's crazy to think how much can change in a year when you really think about it. Even crazier to think how much can change in five or six years. We'll save it for another episode, but in the last six years, I've also lost my mom. I lost my mom two years ago from this October. Um, so yeah, crazy how much can change in what feels like such a short period of time. Particularly, I want to talk about changes as it relates to the feelings of pain associated with grief and time. And to make it a little more broad, just the feelings of the changes with your feelings of anything difficult and time. From my experience, and this is just my own perspective, as time goes on, the painfulness of hard things never really leave. The the hurt that I carry with me because of what I've lived through in losing both my mom and my dad are deep, deep wounds. They are not wounds that you can see visibly to the eye. But I like to say they're wounds under your shirt. They're under your skin even. And as time moves on, everyone's life sort of moves forward, as does yours. But those wounds never really heal 100%. Those wounds are deep. And they're wounds that you carry with you forever for your life. And I like to say it that way because I think a lot of people, family friends, your best friends, etc. Their lives will move forward after that death, after the death of your loved one. But your your life doesn't really move on. Your life moves forward, but you carry those wounds with you forever. And as the years go on, people will forget to say, hey, how are you doing today? It's your dad's death anniversary or it's your mom's death anniversary. How are you feeling today? People will forget. And it's not in a bad way. It's not anything against those people. But they will forget. But you, you will never forget those days. And as the years have progressed, when I look back, like year one was incredibly difficult for me. 
I remember really feeling the the pain, the hurt, like the wounds were were so much more open in year one and year two. But as I sort of move move forward with time, six years later, the wounds are not as as painful as they used to be. They are just sort of matter of fact and things I carry with me today. And you know, someone asked me yesterday, "How are you holding up?" And for me, you know, yesterday, six six years since my dad died is no different from today, six years and one day from when my dad died, and no different from a month from now, a year from now, two years from now. And although some days are harder than others, some big days like a birthday, a death day, a holiday, you know, those days you might be thinking of that person more and it might be more painful or your feelings might be running uh, higher. I don't feel like yesterday was entirely different from today. In fact, you know, they're very similar today and yesterday. My dad is still gone. He is still not here. And although yesterday was his sixth year mark since he's passed, yeah, I tend to just view all the days as very similar. They're, they're, I'm still in the same boat, same position six years later, then I'll be seven years later. And particularly, I wanted to share you know, how those feelings have changed. When my dad died, my dad was diagnosed with cancer my junior year of college. And he was diagnosed with urothelial cancer. Seven months later, he passed away. And when I was in school, I did not recognize how sick my dad was. My parents decided to shelter me from for much of what, what was going on. And every time I'd come home from school, my dad was progressively worse. I'd come home and he went from being able to still go to work here and there to only being able to work from home, from only being able to sort of live and work in the house to not being able to get up and down the stairs, from not being able to get up and down the stairs to not being able to get to the stairs, to not being able to get to the stairs, to not being able to get to his his bathroom by himself without being completely out of breath. You know, I remember every time he'd be weaker, sicker, skinnier, but at no point did I ever think that he was going to die. And I know that sounds extremely naive, but I looked, my parents were both my best friends and I looked to them as superheroes, as many kids do. I thought nothing could hurt them. And I sort of viewed my dad's cancer as sort of like a a bad case of strep. He would be okay. He was getting treatment from the best doctors in the world, etc. Obviously, it's not the way it turned out. And sort of as I reflect and have more experience now and look back, I see how my dad was extremely sick. And I did not recognize that at the time. The day he died, the few days leading up to when he had died, I had a business that I had started with my dad called Golden Gear Boxing. We sold boxing equipment. I had a road show. I was going up to Boston to meet with some gym owners, some stores over there, and sell them some equipment. And it was Wednesday or Thursday, and my dad was in the hospital. And he went in for maybe an infection that they just wanted to watch closely. And he was doing okay, and he was going to get some radiation to his hip so he'd feel... uh more comfortable and would be able to to walk more comfortably. And he had told me, you know, go on your trip. And when you come home, don't worry, nothing's going to change. And um, he told me that they were going to radiate his hip. And I remember sitting in the chair next to him. They said they were going to radiate his hip. He'd be able to walk again. And we'd go on one last family vacation. And nothing was going to change between my trip, which was only a two-day trip, and when I'd come home. And I said, Dad, are you sure? You don't want me to stay? And he said, don't worry, nothing will change. 
So I went, gave him a kiss, and I left and told my dad I love you. And, and I left and went on my trip. Fast forward, my trip was Thursday and Friday. My mom called me in the morning and she said, you should come home. Dad's not doing great. And that was code word for dad's, dad's going to die. Come home now. And um, I remember driving home from Boston straight to the hospital and the feelings of anxiety, stress, anxiousness, fear, anticipation for what would come. But really, I couldn't even comprehend or anticipate what I would experience. I get to the hospital. I go upstairs. I remember riding that elevator, and that elevator was like an elevator ride to hell. It felt as as the the floors climbed, and as we got higher and higher, and as I started to get closer and closer to where my dad was, the feelings of of fear, of of sadness, of frustration, of anger, all just started to bubble. And I got up to the floor, started walking towards my dad's room. My mom caught me in the middle, and in the middle of the hallway, and she stopped me, hugged me, and said, "I'm so sorry, and I love you." And I just, I just couldn't comprehend. I hugged her, and I, I, I was hysterically crying. And she took me to the um, waiting room, the family room, and sort of tried to calm me down a little bit. And I just fell into her lap, hysterically crying. My sisters were there. My aunts were there. My mom's brother was there. And I just remember hysterically crying and the feelings of, of anger. I clenched my fist and wanted to punch a hole in the wall. The worst thing in my life that could happen had happened, and I could not comprehend it. I went into the room where my dad was, and my mom warned me that um, my dad was now in a, a state where they increased his pain meds, and he was just comfortably lying, and he'd be in this state until he'd pass away. He wasn't able to talk, but the doctor said he could hear. So my mom said if I wanted to tell him something, I could. And I went into the room, and I... I couldn't believe it. My dad was just lying there making some noises here or there. And uh, he looked peaceful, but it was so beyond painful that I couldn't even bear the strength to to look at him. As I walked in the room, I collapsed to the floor, fell to my knees, and so many feelings just overcame feelings of frustration, feelings of anger, feelings of sadness, feelings of recognizing that my life would forever change in the next few hours as we approached my dad's actual death. And um, I remember I could barely muster the strength to look at him, but I grabbed his hand, I held it tight, I clenched it, gave it a squeeze, kissed him on the forehead and said, I love you. And I said, thank you. Thank you for being you. And I walked out of the room and then went back to the waiting room and stared up into the sky and really disbelief that this was happening, that this was our real life. And um, we waited and waited. And several hours later, my dad, uh, the nurse came by to say that my dad was passing away. And we went back into the room, held each other's hands, and sort of made a circle around my dad. And in retrospect, kind of a, a beautiful, somewhat of a, a movie scene. But, you know, my mom collapsed. She was hysterically crying. I was in the corner of the room, hysterically crying again, just on my knees, couldn't bear the strength to stand up. And um, I remember when we drove home that night out from the hospital, 
the feelings of, of, of the pain and the feeling of how could this really be? You end up in such a state of shock. And I remember getting walking into the parking garage, getting into the car and driving home, leaving my dad in the hospital dead and um, almost driving back into what would become our new life. And getting into bed that night, I remember just my mind was numb. My body was numb. I couldn't. I was in such pain that I couldn't even feel what had happened, that my dad was dead. As I sit here and reflect six years later, it's amazing to see how strong, how strong the spirit, the human spirit is. Six years later, I've lost my dad. I've lost my mom, but I'm still standing here and I feel fucking great. And it's not to say it doesn't suck because it does, but the human spirit is fucking strong. The human spirit can amaze you. It, it amazes me how much I've lived through, what I've suffered through, and how I've been able to carry on in my life and move, not on, but move forward. And I want to share a little bit around gratitude. Uh, I've wrote about this before, but I wanted to share about gratitude, being grateful in grief. I recently asked a friend if they felt we could and should be grateful for our loss. And I think about this concept all the time. Can we be grateful for the bad just as we're grateful for the good? And I personally believe the answer is yes. Not only can we, but we should be. When I think back, it's been six years since my dad died, almost two years, less than two years since my mom died. I can't help but think how many future experiences we've been robbed of. My mom and dad will never see me grow my businesses. They'll never see me grow my podcast, build a family, get married, meet my future kids, and the lasting positive impact that I plan to leave the world with. It goes without saying, but I've been robbed of so much in losing both my parents. But with that being said, I can't help but also think of all the things I, I have and that I've had and all the things that I'm extremely grateful for, both the good and the bad. My good friend, Sunil Arora, who was on the first Bits of Gold podcast episode ever, has taught me a tremendous amount of scarcity and abundance and, and looking at life through a lens of abundance and scarcity. And we dive into that a little bit on the first episode if you want to tune in. But it's very easy to bring yourself to a mindset of scarcity. A scarcity mindset is the belief that there will never be enough, that no matter what, there, you, you can always, there's never enough. You don't have enough money. You don't have enough time. You don't have enough things. It's so easy to bring yourself to the scarcity mindset, which brings you to, to feelings of fear, stress, anxiety. On the other hand, an abundance mindset is the belief that there's plenty out there. There's plenty and ample opportunity. And having this abundance mindset that you have so much brings you to a state of feeling appreciation, positivity, feelings that there's ample opportunity. And as it relates to grief or hard times, I try to use the same mindset shift to focus on all that I've had and all that I have as opposed to all that I've lost, all that I'll never have. And with all the sadness, hurt, and pain I carry, I truly equally carry an abundance of joy, gratitude, happiness. Being all too close and familiar with death and losing both my mom and dad by age 25, I've also lost three grandparents, an aunt. I've learned that having this abundance mindset and this, this, uh, this mindset of gratitude 
is 100% a choice. I can very easily play the victim card. I think about, I've thought about it all the time. I've told friends numerous times that I refuse to be a victim of my circumstances. Choosing to be a victim is the easiest option there is in life. When you go through something hard, when you face some adversity, when you go through something challenging, it is so easy to say to the world, why me? I've lost. I've lost so much. You've taken from me. It's unfair. Life's unfair. It is so easy to complain for all that I've lost personally. And it's so easy to choose and to see scarcity. It's obvious and it stares me in the eyes every time I look in the mirror. I have lost so much. There's no doubt about it. Playing the victim card is the easiest choice there is in life because you too will undoubtedly go through difficult times. You will face adversity. And in the face of adversity, you will need to make a conscious decision. Will I be a victim or will I choose to face this adversity head on and say, I've lost, but despite what I've lost, I will choose abundance and I will choose gratitude. For me personally, I choose to feel grateful for all that I've had. I choose to feel grateful for all that I have. And I choose to feel grateful for all the time I'd spent with both my mom and my dad all the memories that I've created, the life that they left me, I choose gratitude time and time again. Probably against popular opinion, I'm equally grateful for the bad. I would never wish it upon anyone, and if given a choice, I would never choose the path of grief, the path of suffering, and the hell that I've lived through, because I've certainly lived through hell. And I obviously would choose to have both my parents back in a heartbeat. But given my circumstances and given that is not possible, I choose gratitude. I feel to truly practice gratitude, one must be grateful for all that life throws at them, the good and the bad. And despite the bad being terribly painful, there is still an abundance of good as a result of the hell that I've lived through. In losing both my parents, I've gained a whole lot. And just to name a few, I've gained a lifetime of experience a better understanding that each day is a gift and not a guarantee, a family and experience camps the nonprofit I volunteer at, my soon-to-be wife, who was prior to all of this just a friend, my childhood crush, and now my soon-to-be wife, the ability to truly be grateful for even the small things, a greater sense of purpose that pushes me every day, a burning desire to help people build a life they love. Despite all the bad, it does not mean that it does not suck because it does. There are not enough lessons that I've learned from loss to make it worth it, but I'm still grateful for both the good and the bad. During these crazy times with the coronavirus, I've seen many people slip into a scarcity mindset, complaining about all they've lost, their frustrations with their lack of financial opportunity, their boredom of sitting at home, the fear of being laid off, the stress of not being able to pay their bills. I've said it numerous times, but I truly believe that if your basic needs are covered, you have a safe place to sleep at night, crumbs on the table, a nice hot shower when you wake up, you are blessed. If you wake up tomorrow morning and you can roll out of bed, put two feet on the floor, you are a walking, living miracle. You are blessed. If you're listening to this right now and you have the option to make choices in how you spend today, you are blessed. It's always easy to find the bad. It's much harder to live through adversity than make a conscious choice to accept it and be grateful for everything life gives you for everything life throws at you. 
My mom and dad did that, and they live with gratitude until the very end. So on this sixth death year anniversary of my dad, I hope to share this lesson of gratitude, and I hope you too choose gratitude in the face of adversity. Choose gratitude when you are living through difficult, difficult times. And with that, happy Monday. I hope you all have an amazing week and more to come. Thanks for tuning in. I love your podcast. This is gold. This is where it's at. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 